Pastor Sherry right now. And I just want to lift her up. They're out and out of the, the community, out of the state. And we want to pray for her. We want to honor her and pray for her and lift her up. And she is the head of this church. And every office that comes in, we all submit under that leadership. It's a leadership that God has placed here. And no matter how well you think you know her, um, you need to know her in the anointing. And you need to recognize her in the office that she walks in. No matter how well you know her, you still need to see the office that she walks in. And so let's lift her up in prayer. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I lift up Pastor Sharon to you, Lord, and, and Tom, Lord, as they are traveling, Father. I thank you that the blessing of the Lord is on them, Father. I thank you that everything that they set their hands to do is blessed and prosperous. I thank you, Father God, that they are steadfast and faithful, that they are examples to the body of Christ, that they can watch their faith. They can listen to their words, and the body can fall in line with them and do as they do and say as they say and be blessed right along with them. We thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for um, just blessing of peace and wisdom and revelation knowledge in you, Father, that the eyes of her understanding continually to be enlightened, Father God, to lead these people. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for um, your angels that you have given charge over her to keep her in all of her ways, and in her pathway is life and not death. I thank you, Lord, that she returns here abundantly full, Father God, ready to overflow and spill out onto the congregation, Lord. We thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 So, I'm going to teach a little bit on diligence. We listened to a message. If you were in OSL, there was a message called the sluggard. And we were all, if you listen to the message... You can find yourself in that message. Every person falls into that message. At some point in time, we all just drop the ball or we all just get a little bit lazy and we all just um, tend to do some things that we should be better at. Um, example, I was late today <laughs> um, meeting the people that, meeting Jerry and Lisa. And I thought, darn, I'm preaching on this, I think, you know. And, um, but uh, I'm going to talk about being diligent and being diligent for the church, being diligent for Jesus being diligent for your pastor and, and being faithful and steadfast in those areas. And so, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I lift up um, myself and this body to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that is receptive to the truth that is spoken. I pray, Father God, that I just lose myself and I let you come forth in the name of Jesus. Let my words be edifying. May they be strengthening, building up the body of Christ. And I thank you for that. May there be healing, Father God. May there be wisdom and equipping, Father God. And I thank you for it, Lord. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So there's been a misconception of what a church, what we think a church should be. We think a church should be someplace where we all come along and we all get together and it's all happier. If you're the one hurting and you come in, you think everybody else should be better than you or maybe not um, hurting like you or you think they're not hurting like you. Um, sometimes we come in and we think that our own hurts are more valid than somebody else's. Not saying that your hurts are not valid, but I'm saying that everybody has some type of a hurt and everybody's hurts are valid. And sometimes we get so focused on ourselves that we forget about the others. And so I like the Surrender All song. 
And when you come to God, you're, you're to surrender everything when you come to God. And we tend to come in and we give him pieces at a time. You know, you can have a piece here and a piece there and a piece there, but God wants all of you. And so we start learning to give him pieces. But when there, we get to that piece where, where we hold back and we say, well, you just can't have that part, God. God can't help you anymore. So you have to be continuously opening your heart to God, being willing to change, being willing to be discipled up, to raise up, to be more diligent, to be more faithful, because there's people out there who need to come in here. And if you're not strong and you can't help them, then you haven't been diligent and faithful in things. Once you've been here and you've gotten built up, you should be able, you should be a disciple making a disciple. You should be being discipled, and you should be also making a disciple, no matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you are young, somebody's still watching you. It doesn't matter if you're older, someone is still watching you. In some area, you are a leader, and when people come into the church, they're watching you. They're going to watch what you do, they're going to listen to what you say, and depending on what you say is how they're going to respond to you. So you want to be faithful in all things. Not everyone is perfect. Actually, no one is perfect. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. No one's perfect. I, there is just growth coming to this church, and I know it. I said it by the action of the Spirit a few times ago when I was here, and then someone else had said it as well, and there's growth coming. And so there's got to be stability. There's got to be stability. And um, the pastor can't do it all. She can't. She needs your help. She needs everybody's help that's in here. Every single person has a task, has something they can offer this body. I want to look at Exodus 17. And I want you to remember that Pastor Sharon is a person, but the gift that has been placed on her life as pastor, there is an anointing that goes with that. And when she comes here to minister, that you need to see the office. Recognize the office. Honor the office. Does she have faults? Yes. <laughs> Don't we all have faults? Right? Don't we all? We all have faults. But you have to look past that and you have to see the gift of God to feed the sheep on her life. And these are some of the things that the pastors do. Um, 17, starting in verse 11. Exodus 17 in verses 11. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. So we could say, when Moses lifted up his hand, sin was held back. But when he let down his hand, sin was able to progress. If you want to look at it that way, okay? And I want you to look at this as you guys. You guys are Israel. So let's just say Pastor Sharon, when she held up her hands, new life, new beginnings, they, when she holds up her hands, new beginning is safe. They, they're, they're doing well. 
But when she lets down her hands, when she lets down her guard, sin starts creeping in and prevailing into your lives. But Moses' hands became heavy. Pastor Sharon's hands become heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. So now Moses is up on this hill. There's a big, there's a big war happening between Amalek and Israelites. And Moses and her and Aaron, I believe it was, they went up on the hill with Moses. And every time Moses lifted up his hand, Israel began to win the battle. And when Moses got tired and weary and he had to just take a minute, then Amalek, or sin, started to prevail against the congregation of Israel. Okay? So they gave him a stone. Aaron, was it Aaron and Hern? Gave him a stone to sit on. So he sits on a stone, right, because he needs help. Pastor Sharon needs your help. Right? It's not easy leading people. So he sat on it, and Aaron and her, her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek, or Israel defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and reaccount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. God wants to blot out the hurts, the angers, the defeats, the sins that have happened here. And God wants to blot them out. And he's going to use Pastor Sharon to do it. And he's going to use the support of this body to do it. But the support of the body has to come in. They have to be diligent. They have to be faithful. She cannot run the sound equipment, run the children's ministry, run worship, and set up for the, what do you call the, the meals? The hospitality. hospitality. She can't run hospitality. And stay in prayer and stay focused on the message of lifting up her hands for the congregation. She can't do all that. And that's where you guys come in. You guys are the body of Christ. We're all the body. We all just have different areas that we facilitate. So let's go to, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians. Well, I think I'm just going to flip there. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So when you don't serve, help, pray for your pastor, you are not only hurting her, it hurts the congregation and will hurt you in, as well. So it's one body. So when one part of the body isn't doing something, it affects the rest of the body. <coughs> so you need to come together in unity and do the things that are called unity that is preached from the pulpit. Whatever she's preaching from the pulpit, write it down, get behind it. Amen? Amen. So you are one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, 
and all have been made to drink into one spirit. So you've all been redeemed in Christ. It's Christ that has made you whole. It's made you alive. It's made you well. It's made you healed. Right? You've been set free because of Christ. It's one spirit. It's one body. And you are all in Christ together as one body. Right? Amen. Amen. Verse 14. For in fact the body is not one member but many. So there's many of you. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? So if someone is cleaning the bathrooms and they aren't leading worship, does that make them not part of the body? No. They're part of the body. Pastor Sharon can't come in and do all the windows while she's preparing a message, you know, and take care of all the windows and maybe something needs to be done in the room, some, some construction to add on, and something needs to be done. So the body rises up, the body comes in while she prepares the message to feed the sheep, to keep you in unity, to keep you growing, to keep you developed. All these little other aspects need to transpire, they need to happen, they need to take place. And we need to be diligent with those things. We need to be faithful in those things. If we say we've done something, we have, or we say we're going to do something, you have to follow through on that and what you said you will do. You must follow through. Because if she's preparing a message and she's asked you to handle something, but you're not faithful, now she's preparing a message and the back is going, well, I hope they're taking care of that. And she's not focused. She's not focused. And her job is to feed the sheep, is to lead you guys into greater depths in God. Amen? That, that's her responsibility, to feed you guys. It's a responsibility to, feed, to lead you by still waters, to preach the incorruptible word of God. That is her job to you. Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, am I not the body? Is it therefore not of the body? Oh, you know your eye is part of the body, right? It's the same thing with all of you. You are part of the body. That is who you are. You come here, this is your home church. This is where you belong. This is where you stay faithful. This is where you put your hands to the plow and help Pastor Sharon dig and dig and dig the hard ground that's in this community. You, you gotta dig it up, you gotta plow it out through prayer. Prayer and preaching of the word, walking out the word, being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So when she's preaching on something that something that needs to be done, that's your guys' job to pick that ball up that she's preaching and go. Go with it. And if you're not sure, ask her, what do you want me to do with this ball? <laughs> How do you want me to handle this ball? What can I do for you? What can I do? In serving her, you are actually serving Christ. The way you serve her is how you're serving Christ. The way you honor her is how you honor Christ. It all flows from the top. It all flows from the top. And when you start thinking that, when you start looking at it as the way you honor her, you're actually honoring Christ because it's a gift. The fivefold ministry is a gift to the body of Christ. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher are gifts that have been given to the body of Christ to help them grow, to be strengthened, to be built up, to be set free, to, to bring the anointing in. They're gifts. 
So if you don't receive the gift that God has placed here, then that's how you receive Christ. I don't receive Christ that way. You do. You do. By how you treat the offices that stand here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take that into great consideration. Don't let that offend you. Don't, don't chew that one out. I, I walked through that myself. I, I had to deal with that myself. And I had to realize how I honored people. Showed, God showed me that that's how I honored him. I believe there, was a, there is a scripture that um, Jesus is telling his disciples, if they receive you, they've received me. Right? And this is what Jesus was telling his disciples. As soon as they receive you, that means they've received me. They've received Jesus if they receive. So if you receive Pastor Sharon and honor that, you are receiving Christ. Let's go to 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Not as Pastor Sharon pleased. Not as I could even say with my pastors, not even as my pastors pleased. You have to believe that your pastor goes to God and does what God tells them to do. Amen. No matter how much you think they're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You've got to believe that they go to God and they seek God. This has been a battle, so I understand. It's been a battle in my own life, in my own heart. And every time that offense rises, I have to say, no, I still have to believe the bottom line, the bottom of the bottom lines is that they're doing what God asked them to do. They're saying what God asked them to say. And I, that's how I walk out of it. I, I walk back out of it because the devil will come and he wants to separate you from the office. That's what he wants to do. Because once you're out there, you're destroyed. You're done. You're not going to be effective to anybody else in the world because you're you're done. You're not connected to the vine. Well, I, I'm, I'm connected to the vine because I read the word of God. You know, I don't have to go to church. Well, you do. <laughs> you do have to go to church because it's the only way you're going to grow up in God and be more effective to the world for God. It's all for his glory. It's all for his doing. It's all for his benefit. He is worthy. He's worthy of the reward of the person you hate the most. He is worthy of their worship. He is worthy of their repentance. It has nothing to do with us. We're walking through a situation right now, and um, I, I do not, just to totally share some personal uh, business, my daughter was eight months, six months, six months pregnant, and her husband asked her to leave. And so we moved her into our house. And she just had the baby just last week. Yay. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Beautiful baby. Beautiful baby girl. Yes. Wednesday. But the dad came to the delivery room. And I'm telling you, I had to walk through this stuff. I had to walk through this. Because I need to be effective out there. And boy, I just wanted to just, I just wanted to deck him. I just didn't want him in there. You know, but I had to step back. And God's like, I still love him. Right? And I'm like... Well, that's good. You can love him. <laughs> I'm going to be over here, and I want to protect my daughter, right? And then really through prayer, the Lord was telling me, you just got to pray for him. Just pray for him. I want him in my life. Jesus is telling me he wants him in his life. 
He wants to be a part of his life. He wants to be around him and with him. He wants, he wants my son-in-law, ex-son-in-law, wherever we're at right now, he wants him free. He wants him healed. He wants him whole. And that's my job. Mm-hmm. My job is to pray for him. My job is to be effective out there. My job is to not pick the nitty-gritties out and say, you know what? <laughs> it's all for God's glory. So you submit to the pastoral office to the glory of God. And if you have a hard time, I'm doing it to the glory of God. To say, I'm doing this for you, God. I'm doing this for you. And that's why you do it. You don't do it for yourself. You don't do it for for them. You do it for God anyway. Amen. Verse 25. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Let's start at 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks. Verse 25, that there should be no schedism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. What happens to somebody else's life affects you as a body, should affect you as a body. Your heart should grieve, you should want to pray, you should want to help. Pastor Sharon can't help everybody. She can't. She's one person. Jesus made disciples because he couldn't. And then he gave all of us the Holy Spirit. Do you know why we all have the Holy Spirit? So we could go be Jesus to everybody that we're around. Amen. It's not up to just Sharon, Pastor Sharon. It's not up to her. It's up to all of us to be filled, to be equipped, to learn, to grow, to be disciple, to be diligent, to be faithful in the things and to the word that God has given you. The things that you know in Christ to walk in love, that's like one of the balls that you're supposed to run with. Walk in love. You learned how to pray, that's one of the balls that's been given to you. Pray. Be a faithful prayer. Be a faithful person in that. You can pray throughout your day, doing whatever. You can take an hour and sit down and pray. But those are the things God's given you to be faithful with. Are you a server in the ministry? You gotta serve in the ministry. You gotta find some place to put your hands to work. Here, take ownership. This is your church. This is your church. Take ownership of it. Vacuum the floors. If you see the trash, take the trash out. Nobody has to tell you how to, you know, if you see a piece of trash on the floor, there's not, I'm just saying for an example. (laughs) How many people are going to walk over the piece of trash? Be the one who picks it up. This is your church. This is God's church, and he has given it to you to be faithful, to be equipped, to be doers of the word and not hearers only, to affect the people out here, to affect those people. I want to look at Genesis. I can find my note. 
Genesis 4. This was a really good, really, really enjoyed this. I'm going to share it. I'm just going to exhort. I'll just share it. Genesis chapter 4. One through nine. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he didn't respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Don't let offense get in there. Offense, if you let offense take root inside of you, I don't like that. They shouldn't have said that. It's all little pieces of offense, and they're all little roots of bitterness. And there's a great teaching about wormwood and bitterness, and it's a good one, but we won't go there. Um, just don't let it get in there, because look what happened. The Lord said to Cain in verse 6, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? So he just let it. He was just mad. And it's all, we won't get into it. But he was just mad, and he was angry. And he didn't just get over it. He didn't repent. He didn't move forward. With God, God even asked him, why? Get it out. If, you, if you're angry and bitter, start talking it out to somebody. You know, get with somebody who's going to not, who's going to not share the angers with you, but are going to edify you through it. Amen. Brother Jerry did that for me. Okay, he didn't jump, and Lisa, they didn't jump in my bitterness that was happening through the transition. They edified me through it. Get someone who will edify you through it, not jump on the bandwagon with you. The bandwagon of bitterness will lead you to separation from God. Verse 7, if you do well, you, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at your door. So he didn't repent. He could have, you know, all he had to do was just make it right because God asked him, why? He could have said, this is why. And then God could have said, all right, now listen. And then God could have helped bring him out of it. But he stayed in the bitterness. He stayed in the anger. Don't stay in there. Get out of there. Verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. You are your brother's keeper. You are absolutely responsible for the person sitting next to you, for the people who walk through the door. You are your brother's keeper. It's a responsibility that God gives to leaders in the church, people who have been in the church for a while coming. When you see a friend who's sinning, who's, who's going off, you have to start praying and interceding for that person. You are your brother's keeper. Now, it's still their choice to go do. You okay? Okay. It's still their choice to go do. They have their own free will. But you're still your brother's keeper. 
You have to look after one another. You have to help one another, not hurt one another. Are we all perfect? No. Will sheep bite other sheep? Yes. Yes. Will you hear some wrong things sometimes out of somebody's mouth? Yes. Yeah. And then there's your love walk. <laughs> Flowing in action, right? There's that love walk that you got to do, that you got to take the ball with and run and run. Are you always going to say something nice and great? No. <laughs> and you're going to hope that that person takes the love walk and gives it to you and helps edify you through it. You are your brother's keeper. Keep hold of your brothers and sisters in Christ. What is the first commandment? Love one another. Right? It, who said it? Amen. Love one another. That's the first and greatest commandment. Then the, uh, then part of it, there's another verse that says, I'm just going to, because I want to wrap up soon. Is, um, it says to, uh, I forgot. No man has greater love than this, that he laid down his life for his brother. We are our brother's keepers. We are. Is it convenient all the time? No. <laughs> no, it's not convenient. But that's part of laying down your life to go help your brother or sister. Do you want to go? I don't want to go. I wanted to sit in my jammies. No, you got to go. You got to go. Amen. And then the last scripture I wanted to get to is in Ephesians 5. This is your church, you guys. Just like um, you just like you have a boss or you have a parent, you know, who says, you know, the parents just want their kids to get along, right? A pastor just wants their sheep to get along. <laughs> okay. And they want them when your parent says go clean your room, they are expecting you to go clean your room, right? We as older people remember that and the younger people, you guys know that as well. It's the same thing with the pastoral office. When she says she needs something done, she just needs it done. It's not you deserve it, you're better, or that's not fair, or how come I always get picked for that? Just just go do it. In your faithfulness, God will reward. God will reward your faithfulness. Did I say Ephesians? Mm -hmm. I apologize. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews 5. Okay, how long has Pastor Sharon been here? Three years. Three years. Three years, three months. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So who's been here the full time? Three years. One, two, three, four, three years. Five. Anybody else? Uh, 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 two years. Who's been here two years? One year. One year. How long have you guys been here? How long have you been here? Johnny B's been here three yes. years. Oh, three years. Okay. And then the whole family has been there? It's been here before Pastor Sharon. Oh, okay. Okay. So been here before Pastor Sharon. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. You guys ready to hear a little bit of responsibility? Okay. Verse 12. Hebrews 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracle of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. This is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Where's children's ministry? Where's high school ministry? Where's seniors ministry? There are ministries in this place that you guys are fully equipped. Where's men's ministry? You guys are equipped. You guys have come long enough. But these little ministries need to function under the head of the pastoral office. If she gives you the material, you study that material, you teach that material diligently, faithfully, until <coughs> you're released to do your own. That's how it worked for me. I was handed material. Get Lisa and I started. I started with Lisa. I joined Lisa. She was first in the junior high ministry. And then I, I got in there, shocked. <laughs> I was shocked over Proverbs, I remember. Proverbs is amazing. It's an amazing book. But they gave me curriculum. And I was given curriculum, and I studied it front to back, back to forth. I had to make that curriculum prove to me that what it was saying was truth. So I studied it and studied it and studied it and re-studied it. And then I would teach it to the junior high. I did that for years. And then they stopped giving me curriculum. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And then they started sharing like a vision for the year. And man, the Holy Spirit would hit me and I could write down lessons for an entire year to teach. And I would, and that's what I would teach. There are ministries that you guys need to to dig into and start developing, develop this place, develop this place. I was asking the other day, and I'm closing, and I was asking the other day about um, why do all the kids tend to leave, and I was asking about that. And, um, and it didn't matter the answer. My heart jumped to equip and return. My heart jumped straight to equip to return. So this place can be built up in Christ. Because whatever, wherever God is, there is blessing. Wherever God is able to manifest himself, there is increase of godly and good things. There is increase of righteousness. Where God is able to flow free, there is righteousness. The more people that come in here, you were saying in worship how there was just a, all those people there, like-minded, worshiping God. You can have it here because Christ is here. It depends on what you do with Christ. That's what it depends on. He's dependent on people to love him, to honor him, to do the things that have, he's asked them to do. To love your brothers, to love your sisters, to love your enemies, to pray for those who hurt you and spitefully use you. Why we pray for those people? Because it will either convict them 
of righteousness, well, convict them of sin and of righteousness. That's why we pray. And it will either drive them away or it will lead them to repentance. That's why you pray for those people who are so mean and nasty to you. God wants them. He deserves them. He died for them as well. He died for every single person. Fill this place full with your zeal and your love for God. Dig into the scriptures. Pick up a ministry. Ask the Lord. And then ask Pastor Sharon. Ask the Lord what ministry he has for you. And then go to Pastor Sharon. You know what? And she will equip you. Or she'll say, let's start here. And then your faithfulness here will lead you to what God has told you to do in your heart. But you have to start being faithful first. Amen? Amen. 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 This is your church. You guys have the potential of exponential growth. It's, it's on you. Amen. It's on you. It's on you. Glory to God. It's on you guys. You guys got this. You guys got this. Be diligent and be faithful in those things of God. Amen? Amen. Um, I do, I would like to pray. Do you want, Adam, can you play that song? If anybody would like prayer.